Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship and communication coach, and I help people create safe, supportive, and meaningful and authentic relationships in their life to show up confidently. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do. This work has had a profound impact in my life. And I'm really excited to share tips and tools with you to create and sustain secure relationships in your life. This week, I will be talking about chronic feelings of guilt and shame. And this is so incredibly common for two attachment styles. So I'm going to talk more about that. If you haven't heard about attachment styles, don't tune out. Trust me, I'm going to come back to it. There will be an explanation. But if you want to do a deep dive, you can go back and listen to episode one of two of the podcast, where I go into a deeper explanation of all four different attachment styles. Before I get into this episode, as always, I have my check-in. And this week, I want to talk about the holidays. So I'm recording. I usually record my episodes the week before they air. And so this week, I celebrated Halloween and Dia de los Muertos with my family. And it was so fun. It was just a blast. My husband and my son dressed up as bees. And I dressed up as a beekeeper for Halloween. And we got to go party on a nearby street here in San Francisco that like closes down. It's like a block party. There was DJs. There were people selling hot dogs and micheladas. So like, you know, it was a party. We straight up were dancing to the Barbie soundtrack in the middle of the road. (laughs) Dua Lipa. Hey girl, I love you. It was so fun. It was like peak fun. And we got to be home by 7 p.m. for dinner and our normal bath and bedtime routine. So. I loved it. It was amazing. This is like, for me, sign of a good time. We can stick to our our routines. That feels so good. And then last night, we went out for Dia de los Muertos. And we gathered for the annual procession that happens in San Francisco. And this is just such a deeply meaningful tradition for so many people, especially for me. I build an altar every single year. I honor my ancestors on this altar. This year, we got to add a photo for a friend of ours whose father just passed. And I just love this holiday as like a wonderful way to honor and connect with your ancestors. And there's a really beautiful parade that happens here in the mission in San Francisco led by Aztec dancers and I I just found myself like on the edge of tears all night long which was to me like uh, so touching and so beautiful and people like really dress up as skulls and they go all out and it's so uh, I don't know it's like the happiest, saddest <laughs> holiday. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I love it. <laughs> so I'm just like glowing and buzzing and also severely tired from this week because I've just been out and about and having so much fun. So that's my update for this week. Thank you for listening. So today I'm going to talk to you about if you suffer from chronic guilt and shame feelings and how to stop it. So I just want to say this is such such a common thing. 
especially for fearful avoidance and dismissive avoidance. So I'm just going to do a quick overview because it's been a while on the podcast since I've done an attachment style overview. So there are four attachment styles. One of them is secure and secure attachment is all about just being like grounded in feelings, able to process emotions, being able to set boundaries, understanding the natural give and take and flow of any relationship, understanding that you might have to be giving and more in this minute and then taking more in the next minute and not having too many stories wrapped up about the giving or the taking. And the secure attachment style is where the healing is like kind of aimed towards. And there's a lot of perfectionism <laughs> in this work. So that's why I say aim towards because we have a goalpost. And as always in life, it's always about the journey, not necessarily the destination. So I try to tell folks and clients that I work with to not get too hung up on the, is this secure? Am I, am I doing it right? But instead be aiming in that direction and then try to work out the details and enjoy the process along the way. So the other three attachment styles are called insecure attachment types. And on the two kind of opposing ends are the anxious preoccupied attachment type and then the dismissive avoidant. And the reason that these two attachment styles are on the opposition to each other is that they kind of have similar strategies that they've used during childhood to cope and the way that they exhibit them are just slightly different. So the anxious attachment style is usually going towards others to help them soothe. That's the biggest difference. And they're often struggling with feelings of anxiety, of loneliness, of panic, depression, and they just, they really want to be in community with others. The dismissive avoidant is actually looking to self-soothe on their own. So the anxious is looking towards other people to help soothe. Dismissive avoidant is like, no, I need to be by myself to help soothe. And so when an anxious avoidant and a dismissive avoidant are in a relationship with each other, you can see how those are, their needs <laughs> and their strategies are in opposition to each other. And that can be really painful when you're in this type of relationship because you have completely different expectations and needs from each other. And so it's almost like you're speaking different languages. But I just want to say a little bit more about the dismissive avoidant. They tend to to uh, like to be alone. <laughs> and they can often suffer from feelings of I'm not good enough, feeling unworthy, feeling a lot of perfectionism in their life. And the, the last attachment style I want to talk about is the fearful avoidance. So the fearful avoidant flips between the anxious preoccupied and the dismissive avoidant attachment style. And the fearful avoidant likely experienced a significant amount of chaos growing up. And so they learn strategies to deal with basically the inconsistent and constantly shifting environment that they grew up in, which means that they can run hot and cold in relationships. They can have a really chaotic emotional landscape, either internally or externally. Mine was definitely internally. So not a whole lot of people knew that I was like having such high emotional swings because I really tried to hide it because it wasn't safe for me to show my emotions. And so the fearful avoidant really is here to teach us about this chaos and how to heal from that. So 
I think really each of the different attachments types are here to show us and teach us something. So please don't feel like this is, oh no, I've got this death sentence or like this diagnosis that now I have to like really deal with or face. I want you to think about this as, oh, I have certain gifts and there's some other tools that I can learn to exhibit more secure behavior for me, most importantly, and for others when I'm in relationship with them. So that's the overview of the attachment styles. And I share that because the fearful avoidant and the dismissive avoidant often suffer from chronic guilt and shame feelings. When I started to address this in my healing journey, that's when I really started to see a big shift of having so much more compassion for myself, which then allowed me to take more risks and show up in different ways and honestly just be a little bit more authentic. So I'll get into some specific examples in just a little bit, but I share that because I want you to know it is possible to actually shift this chronic feelings that keep coming up in your life. So first I wanted to start off by sharing a few examples of how you might actually know that you do suffer from chronic guilt and shame. Sometimes we can just be operating from this high level of feeling guilty or feeling shame all the time that we don't even realize that this is a problem for us. So one obvious example is that you often feel guilty or you often feel shame just for existing. Another one was you avoid doing things because you're concerned that you're going to be perceived as bad or doing something bad. So if you're avoiding showing up in a certain way or saying something because someone's going to think, oh, this person might not be a good person, then you're probably more prone to feeling especially thoughts of shame. I'm going to get into the difference of guilt and shame in just a second in your life. Another one is you're overly concerned about what people think. So an example I have, I have just a really palpable example I have of how I knew (laughs) that I was really struggling with feelings of guilt and shame was I was on a call with a group of folks. We were kind of like a healing circle and I misgendered someone and I felt so guilty about it and I didn't apologize right away, which is, I, I have really learned the importance and the helpfulness of just owning shit right away and apologizing right away. But instead of, you know, this is like such, you know, classic white, white guilt right here of fragility in action. I misgendered somebody and I kept it like it just held on to it and they didn't say anything. You know, they weren't giving any clue or, or behavior that showed that they were upset but I just guilted myself for the next hour and a half of the meeting and then shared with a friend afterwards. And they were like, wow, it sounds like you're really suffering from guilt right now. And just hearing them say that, I was like, holy wow. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So I just share that example with you because that might help jog your memory of like, oh, wow, that, that was a moment where I really was sitting with a lot of guilt and shame. So I wanted to find the difference between guilt and shame Guilt means that I did something bad, that my actions were somehow bad. And shame is I am inherently bad. And I just want to say that these both guilt and shame are really tough emotions for our nervous systems to experience. They're pretty all encompassing and they come along with like a lot of like self inflicted pain, just a lot of like, you know, shaming yourself, 
getting down on yourself, overcorrecting yourself. Oh God, it just, oh, it's an overwhelming feeling. So I'm going to share two different tools that you can use just to start to chip away at this. And I found both of these tools to be so incredibly helpful to me. So that's why I wanted to share them with you today. So the first one is just to start to notice when guilt and shame come up. I would recommend keeping a journal and tracking at the end of the day or the beginning of the day for the day before. I always like to tell my clients, like if you're more of a morning person, I highly recommend doing the tracking in the morning and just thinking back to the previous day and noticing, like making a point to note down when you experienced feelings of guilt or shame. And then if you're an evening person, I highly recommend just doing this in the evening. And that way you're like same day going through everything for that whole day and figuring out, okay, where was a moment that I might have felt guilt or shame? And then the first, first step that I want you to do is ask yourself, would you hold a friend to this standard? I love this question. This is a question I ask my clients all the time. Would you say this to a friend? (laughs) Would you ever, ever expect them to hold themselves to this standard? I really want you to deeply, deeply think about that. And most likely the answer is no. And so I'm just going to give you those two tools, track it, and then ask yourself, would I hold a friend to this standard? Would I expect a friend to do this? What would I say to a friend that was going through this right now? So I hope that helps. And I just want to say that the chronic feelings of guilt and shame is such a normal common thing, especially for fearful avoidance and dismissive avoidance. You're not alone in this and you can figure out a way to stop doing this. I promise I have. It feels so good. There's there's light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you. So if you're interested in working with me, I work with clients one-on-one in a six-month container to help them start to communicate boundaries, share needs, and process emotions. I actually am getting a certification in somatic experiencing, and that is actually my favorite way to process emotions. So I help clients really get comfortable and identify where they're feeling emotions in their body and process them so that you actually have an end to them. Like you don't have to keep coming back to them. Or if you do, you know how to regulate and then accept help from other people. It's really a profound, profound program. I've helped folks actually through a lot of breakups. So if you're going through a breakup and you're really interested in learning how to use these tools to create a new secure relationship with someone, I'd love to help you. I've heard clients say that they feel a lot more calm after working with me, a lot more confident. And I recently had a client that didn't really have a large group of friends and wasn't really comfortable walking into a room full of strangers. And they decided to attend a friend's wedding where they didn't really know anyone there and they ended up having a blast. So I know these are like smaller moments, but I feel like these are the things that really make a big difference in your quality of life. So I want these things for you. And I know that you can actually make these changes in your life. So if you're interested in learning more about my one-on-one coaching program, you can book a free discovery call where I'll tell you more about 
what's possible for you in the next six months. And if you're interested, you can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. I very much hope to see you there. And if not, I'll see you back here next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.